Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Dr. Fauci. Hello, oh, Jordan. No, oh no. Infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, I just came back from my little fucking walk. It's back. I'm back from my walk, and I have great news for you, Jordan. Oh, all right. Oh, you, Fauci, you've been a beloved character on the show for the past uh, few months. America's um, doctor, Dr. Fauci from the Washington Nationals. Yep, well, you did throw out the, the first pitch that one time, and... <laughs> You didn't do great, but you got out there, and that's what's important. All right, Dr. Fauci, what's the... I know Steven Strasberg. I, I, I don't imagine the you The Washington Nationals, Jordan. So what's your big news, Dr. Fauci? I invented a vagine. The, the vagine? Vagine. I'm coming to put a vagine in you. Oh, have you only seen the word vaccine written? Have you never heard it out loud? I'm a doctor. I went to science college, and I'm bringing you a vagine. I'm going to stick you with it. I think think it's typically pronounced vaccine, but uh, I mean, hey, you know, listen, I'm not, I'm no infectious disease expert. You're the infectious disease expert. I couldn't be more thrilled to travel town to town in my vagine roadshow. (laughs) Oh, wow. So this is going to be like a... A Pete's Dragon situation? Are you going to do it like traveling medicine show, turn of the century style? It is a Pete's Dragon situation. Mm. I'm going to be traveling from town to town with Robert Redford. Oh. Uh, From the remake of Pete's Dragon. Oh, okay, from the remake of Pete's Dragon. (laughs) Which was really beautiful. I found it very moving. Very different from the animated live-action combo film from the 70s. The one I'm familiar with, but uh, well, more people are familiar with it, but they should get familiar with the Robert Redford one. It's beautiful. So you and Redford traveled around in a um, a wagon of some sort, or was it a bus? What were you in? We're gonna be in a bus, but okay. from oh, time right. to time it breaks down, and we have to take the wagon, and then we, uh, you know, people line up and we stick them with the vaccine. So okay, so you're just you're you're so people do they have to make an appointment, or are you just running around sticking you know whoever? You just line up six feet apart. Mm-hmm. I cup your balls and stick you with the vagine. In the, in the balls? No, in the upper arm. Okay, so you're just cupping the balls for like, you're like giving an like additional exam. I don't know if that's a, are there symptoms that would be, you know, detected by cupping the... It's to distract you from when I stick it to you. Gotcha. And just devil's advocate here. Again, I'm no infectious disease expert. You are. I am. I'm America's doctor, Dr. Fauci. That's true. Uh, what about people who need the um, vaccine? What if they don't have balls? What Do they not get the vaccination? Is there something else you can do to distract them? Just I'm just... Jordan, don't worry. I'll cup whatever you please. <laughs> He'll cup whatever you please. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you. Gosh, thank you so much, Dr. Fauci. I mean, no, no matter what you what you call the thing, I think we're all just real excited that vaccine or the vaccine is is coming, and uh, you know that we're, there's a there's a there's a road to normalcy that we can now you know get on and and look down. Um, so yeah, how do we you know where is there a, a schedule? You know, is there is there a way to find you? Yes, of course. 
first of all, stop by my neighborhood when I'm taking my little fucking walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, visit my website, which is www.thefouch.biz. All right, uh, fouch.biz. And Jordan? Yes. Please call me the Fouch. Uh, and you have an OnlyFans too now, right? I am on OnlyFans with member-exclusive content of the Fouch. Wow. Yeah, well, well, people will have to subscribe to that. And, of course, you can see me in Florida in February when pitches and catches report for the Washington Nationals. I, I, may, I might be wrong, but I don't think you're on the team. I think they just let you throw out that pitch and, and you, you did a, a, a bad job. I mean, I'm not, you know, it's not your thing. You're not a pitcher. Strike but... three, Jordan. You're out. Okay. I mean, again, I'm not a... I don't follow the uh I don't follow MLB that closely, so So quoth the Fouch. Amazing. Well, goodbye. I got a telephone call from President elect Joseph Biden. Well, that's fun. He wants to talk about the Vachine. It's great that you guys are keeping in touch. You guys are communicating. That's great. Oh, we call all the time. We talk about anything. Whatever you please. Wow. So so Biden's just up at all hours and he's looking to gab? He'll call me at three o'clock in the morning and say, you won't believe what I've been watching lately. And I'll say, what is it, Joseph? And he'll say, I've been watching How To with John Wilson on HBO Max. It's remarkable. The whole thing's composed of verite footage of New York City. Right, it's very meditative. Yeah, it's meditative, but it's also hilarious. That's what Joseph told me. Dr. Jill told him to watch. And are you still doing, have you made it through the Queen's Gambit yet? Oh, I love it. It's a chess show. <laughs> Sure is. I've heard. I haven't seen it, but I know people are crazy for it. It's a streaming chess show, Jordan. You've got to watch it. This queen is up to anything. Whatever you please. Doing the, I'm doing The Sopranos. I never did The Sopranos. That's kind of what I'm on now. But after that's done, you know. Honestly, I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah. It's good. It changed television, they say. Oh, well, I give that to Peyton's place. Oh, I don't think I know what that is. Is that a... Is that a football movie? What am I thinking of? That's Walter Payton's reality show from the early 90s. Oh, Brian's. I'm thinking of Brian's song for some reason. I don't know why I equated the two. Yeah. Sorry. I meant, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, your voice changed there for a little bit, Fauci. (laughs) Briefly, it did, yes. Anyway, I have to go. Uh, Joseph is calling me. Bye. Goodbye. Brian, insert jetpack noise. Wow, it it's was the only way. It's the only way the Fouch gets around. Yeah, Jordan. well, I, mean, I guess a bus and a wagon too. But yeah, you know, when he's not uh, lugging around Vachine that has to be stored at a certain ultra low temperature, I guess he can just go puttering around on the pack. Yeah, exactly. Boy, that was great. It's nice to hear from America's doctor, huh? Uh, always great to see Fauci again. For any new listeners, that was a running segment on the show, and God. Uh, maybe it would make sense if you had heard of past episodes, but also maybe not. So, Hey, and if there are any new listeners, we want to say you're welcome for confirming your doubts about whether you should <laughs> listen to this show at all. <laughs> you're like, well, I didn't really care for that promo I heard on My Brother, My Brother and Me, but I'll give it a shot and see if they open with... A bullshit barrage of 15 minutes of inside jokes in a very difficult to listen to voice. Uh, Jesse, before we go any yeah. further, I want to talk about our guest today yeah. and uh, how excited we okay. are. This is going to be a thrilling time on Jordan Jesse Go. I mean, this is like, this is this is our halcyon days. Sure. 
Uh, what does Halcyon mean? I've seen that, but I guess I don't. don't I don't even know where it comes Couldn't from. Tell you. Halcyon days. Could not tell you. It sounds like a period in Roman history where there was a lot of orgies. I'm pretty sure it's a type of column. Mm. It's, it's like a beautiful column. I can I can picture it in my yeah. mind. Ah, those Halcyon columns. Anyway. Yeah, they're distinguished by their unusual pediments. Mm. Okay, well, I think we've figured it out. It's a column yep. under which you could have a Grecian orgy. Yeah, exactly. Has a little bit of shade so the orgy doesn't get too hot. Um, so we... Uh, Jordan, it's me, the Fouch. Oh, he's back. Uh, Halcyon is characterized by happiness, great success, and prosperity. Oh, that's good. And it has nothing to do with ancient Greece or architecture or anything? No, I've done those things and the word never came up. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks, Fauci. <laughs> Brian. Uh, Goodbye. <laughs> Brian, insert uh, horse running noise. <laughs> okay, so our one of our most beloved guests on this show is Steve Agee, uh, a great sure. comic actor who we were thrilled to learn had been cast as the DC Comics character King Shark in the upcoming Suicide Squad movie. That got me thinking, we have had another guest who has also played the DC Comics character King Shark. That's Ron Funches. He plays it in the uh, really funny uh, HBO Max show Harley Quinn. And uh, it just – my mind was blown that we have had two two different guests who have played this same like pretty deep cut villain. That You know, he's not the Joker. He's not Lex Luthor. He's, he's King Shark. It's not a name everyone knows. Like, right. For example, Firestorm the Nuclear Man. For example. To bring up one example. He's no Vandal Savage. He's not – mm-hmm. there's no – you know, like kids carry around Vandal Savage lunchboxes. Sure. So we kind of put out a call like has we want to have every King Shark at, on on the show at some point. And right. our listeners let us know that uh, that there is a very prominent King Shark out there. Uh, the man who plays him uh, on The Flash, uh, the CW Flash series, uh, is a beloved voice actor who also played. Uh, and this is this is a big one for me. He also played uh, Snake in the Metal Gear Solid franchise. And uh, in addition to that is a beloved screenwriter uh, has done movies like X-Men, X-Men 2, uh, and the uh, Netflix series Warrior Nun. Uh, he's here with us today by fan demand, uh, David Hayter. David Hayter, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. I, uh, I can't, can't believe I'm following such august company as Dr. Fauci. <laughs> I mean, it's, it was an honor for all of us. I, I, I think we're all in a bit of a halcyon situation. <laughs> Uh, exactly so let's i mean let's just start with the with the shark in the room uh mm-hmm. sure david what is it like playing king shark and have you have you seen other interpretations of the character on film uh yeah i have seen well i've seen the harley quinn show and that's an excellent king shark um i have not seen him in suicide squad i don't think anybody has yet uh but a uh, funny story uh, somebody said hey, I think James Gunn is going to put King Shark into the movies. You should let him know that you're um, the voice. And so I happen to know James Gunn because I'm a fancy Hollywood insider. David, you don't need to explain that to us. Of course, of course. <laughs> We're also Hollywood insiders. We know Dr. Fauci. Yeah, of course, you're right. From the Washington Nationals. Sure. This is an insider's insider show. From the Washington Nationals, and uh, here's an exclusive from the upcoming Magic Mike 3. Yeah. Wow, he's really taken his uh, 
fandom seriously. Yeah, he's <laughs> taking it and running with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so I sent James Gunn a uh, a message, and I said, "Hey, James, it's David. Uh, you know, I I don't know if you know, but I play King Shark on on the Flash. In you know, if, in case you're going to use him in the movie." And he was like, "Great!" And then I never heard from him again. So, <laughs> um, that that classic so that, Hollywood tale. <laughs> it went it went great. He was he was so excited to hear the job that I used to do until his movie <laughs> killed it. Well, I mean, you're at least top three King Sharks, right? I'm in the top three of all King Shark actors. That's right. It must have been a relief in a way, because I have heard that heavy hangs the head that bears the shark head. (laughs) The shark crown. Yeah. Right. Yes. It's, uh, well, okay. So the, the second part of your question was, what's it like to play King Shark? It's extraordinarily painful. Uh, as the so the guy I'm playing in in the Flash is nine feet tall, and so his voice, the voice that I do, is essentially, "Where's the Flash?" And wow. it's so painful to do that if I do it for 25 minutes, I lose my voice for days, uh, like literally. I like the idea that King Shark is a character from the DC universe who's always chasing the Flash, but because of the Flash is so fast, yeah. uh, the Flash like runs somewhere, and then it cuts to King Shark in the last place the Flash was, going, where's the Flash? Yeah, that's, that's, my, that's why it's my catchphrase. <laughs> like that giant guy with the big mouth in the Muppet movie? What's that guy called? Oh, yeah, Sweetums. Uh, uh, Sweetums, like Sweetums. He's like the DC Universe's Sweetums. Yeah, yeah. If, if you've ever seen the show with 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 my character in it, he's always like chasing the Flash, and then they get into water, and and then the Flash electrocutes him, uh, and that's yeah. pretty much how it goes every single time. <laughs> but King Shark's brain is the size of a, a walnut, so he he never really learns. Yeah. How do you like train your voice to do that? Is there like a soothing technique is there are there is there teas how do you how do you take care of your voice from after doing that yeah after doing it i i have to i mean literally the last time i did it i I couldn't speak for three days and it's really damaging so i'm I'm glad i didn't do the movie frankly james (laughs) gunn if that is your real name um i uh jimmy gunn jimmy gunn that's right sorry i know him as uh, jimmy we're pretty yeah yeah yeah. So, um, yeah, I do teas and honey and lemon and, you know, just sort of, uh, enjoy that. The, the damage that my $900 job brought about for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's guild minimum voiceover session for, for King sharking <laughs> that... for any man shark with over five lines. It doesn't, uh, the species doesn't really enter anyway, but yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's nice. You know, that's nice that the guild isn't discriminating uh, on the basis of what kind of uh, man-human hybrid you are. <laughs> no, it doesn't even come up. Jordan, why would they discriminate? It's the man-shark guild. Mm, oh, it's true. The MSG. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's three of us in it. <laughs> you guys have a little mixer on the during the holidays. Yeah, the pension plan is horrible. <laughs> uh David, we have we have a question we've been asking our guests lately that I I definitely want to want to hear your answer for. Okay, um, and that is uh, where did you where did you grow up and where where did teens go to be bad in that town? Hmm. We've had a lot of interesting uh, answers. We've 
God, what have we had? We've, I mean, obviously the the gold standard is a uh, is a uh, Christian teen club called JC Pineapples. Ah. JC standing for Jesus Christ. Sure. Pineapples, of course, being a particularly festive fruit. <laughs> sure. Uh, we've had like a punk house that had a furry in it for some reason. A uh, drive-in, a drive-in porno theater. Lots of lots. Oh, uh, and Tawny Newsom had the <laughs> all ages club where Papa Roach got their start. So, yeah, a lot of <laughs> illustrious answers. Uh, does anything come to mind? You know, when I say where did your where did the teens from your youth go to like smoke and roll dice or whatever? Oh, yeah. Well, tough competition, but I think I have a pretty unique answer. Um, I grew up uh, all over the world. I We moved all the time because my dad worked for a big biotech company. We got moved up everywhere. So I grew up in California and Colorado and Arizona and Toronto and Montreal. and uh, and But when I was 16, we moved to Kobe, Japan. And, uh, you know, in Japan in the 80s, if you were a 17-year-old, 16-year-old, Nobody checked your ID uh, because you're a foreigner and they, they couldn't tell how old you were. So we used to go to a nightclub called Vink, which was run by the, the Yakuza, by the Japanese mafia. What? And, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, wow, I was... Take that, that JC Pineapples. Take that. <laughs> yeah, bad news for you, early Papa Roach. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so we would go to this club and I knew the the Yakuza managers and owners and everybody pretty well. So they would actually let me go behind the bar and bartend and we would dance with the Yakuza, you know, mobster girls. And uh, I guarantee you it was wilder than J.C. Pineapples. What did you bar? What did you make when you were bartending at the Yakuza <laughs> bar? Like old fashions? No, would they do. No, they do like <laughs> they, they had standard drinks like Moscow Mules, which is just vodka and ginger ale and, you know, rum and Cokes, you know, beers, wow. stuff like that. And if I couldn't make it, I'd just call the regular bartender and he'd, he'd, he'd make it for me. But it was, uh, they all thought it was hilarious that a 16-year-old, 17-year-old gaijin was serving drinks. So <laughs> I, I have to say, David, if I had a Yakuza bar, and I don't. No, well, you say that now. Wink, wink. <laughs> if I did, and a 17-year-old David Hayter walked in, I'd hand him some sleeve garters and tell him to start muddling some herbs because <laughs> this is a mixology establishment. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I didn't cut off 74 fingers last year <laughs> to have some commoners drink. I demand that there be rosemary in my beverage. That's right. The old fashionists of old fashioned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> did you, did it ever get like rough in there did it did it did you ever did like shit go down while you were in there well, not I, you know the the yakuza guys wouldn't really act up in their own club um but we did and so there was one time where my uh, a couple of friends of mine were getting into a, a fist fight over something rather and i was a big i'd studied karate in in japan and <laughs> So I pulled them aside, pulled them into the bathroom, and I was like, look, you guys, you're going to make this up or I'm going to kick the shit out of both of you. And to illustrate how I would do that, I threw this beautiful spinning back kick and put a hole through the, the door of this toilet stall. <laughs> So it was made, and it was made. It was made of you know, like this cheap wood. And I put my foot right through it, and knocked it off. I was like, "Oh my god!" So I go, I go get the manager who I know, 
And I'm like, look, I'm, I'm so sorry that I, I did this. We'll pay for it, so on and so forth. So a couple of days later, my dad gets this call from this guy um, who I have neglected to inform him is with the Yakuza. And, and he says, your son put a hole through this door and we need you to pay for it. And it's $10,000. <laughs> so my dad again not knowing he's speaking to the the japanese mafia says well i tell you what i'll give you one thousand dollars and i won't tell the police that you're serving underage gaijin in your bar (laughs) so the guy so the guy says okay that's fine and uh and so i go down uh my dad was an intimidating character in his own right and so i go down to the club and i bring the thousand bucks and i give it to him he's like okay well we appreciate you taking care of this so on and so forth the next week i go back to the club the door has been rehung with uh, duct tape put over the hole where my foot went through. A thousand dollars worth of duct tape. <laughs> Correct. Wow. So that was so that was one 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 night, I think. David, I absolutely one hundred percent imagined you doing the sweet back kick, mm. uh, putting a hole through the bathroom door. And then when you went back to the bar to talk to the manager, mm-hmm. I imagined you dragging the door around your ankle <laughs> to the guy. That's, that is a much better like, image. Oh, my foot got stuck. Yeah, that is a much better image. It actually, it was, it was still hanging on by one hinge. Uh, so I was unable to, uh, to drag it with me. David, can you still do a spinning back kick? Uh, I can, but it, it, it'll be more dangerous to your knees than to your face at this point. <laughs> I can't raise my foot up six feet anymore. That would be actually more dangerous for me because my knees are how I make my money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, well, a lot of people, uh, well, certain people, that's how it is. Yeah. Jordan is the constant gardener from the movie The Constant Gardener. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see that movie? So much gardening. <laughs> yeah. Whole time, practically. Yeah, basically the whole time. It's endless. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Um. So did I win? You did. You won. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> yeah. JC Pineapple, yeah. fucking pound sand. Yeah. Suck shit, drive-in porno theater. <laughs> yeah, Georgia teens finger-blasting each other is nothing compared to you dragging that the door around my ankle. To the manager of the Yakuza <laughs> Club. I actually think that was a part that you added, Jesse. But <laughs> I had a, that's, that's true, but I, it's now a part of the story. Um, <laughs> yeah. A buddy of mine who was who was a, a major martial artist was second degree black belt he got so drunk he was sitting on the balcony uh railing uh, on the second floor at the bank at this club and he told a joke and he was cracking up and he fell backwards off of the rail and dropped down to the floor below onto a couch and landed on his feet between you know a japanese cup <laughs> and was fine and that's the sort of thing that used to happen. I feel like there's a point in martial arts skill. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that in most martial arts, I don't know if this is true of all, but in most martial arts, you know, one of the disciplines you learn is that you learn that you're you're learning the martial arts in order to avoid violence rather than embrace it. Yeah, occasionally. But, like, maybe from my perspective as a guy who doesn't know how to kick somebody, uh-huh. I mean, like, I could kick somebody in, in the shin. Sure. But... But I don't know how to do. I don't know how to do any sweet kicks. Is what I'm talking about. If I knew how to do sweet kicks, all I would be able to think about is, <laughs> God, I wish someone would give me any reason to do a sweet kick right now, <laughs> like uh, any yeah. reason at 
like I would be walking around with like a t-shirt that said like, fuck me, fuck you. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, or whatever. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, look, that's yes. The, the platonic ideal is that you never use it unless you really, really have to. But when you're 17, I mean, I had, I, like I said, I'd moved around all my life. I'd been picked on since I was, I don't know, eight years old. Uh, that was the first time I got beat up was I was eight years old and we lived in Littleton, Colorado. I, I didn't know what the Broncos were. And that was apparently a, a severe. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> breach of etiquette. So um, yeah. it's a car, right? Yeah. It turned out to be a, a like a SUV. Oh, cool. Um, So I, once I learned how to fight, uh, once I learned how to fight well, I did go through a period from about 17 to 21 where I was just like, anybody, anybody wants some, you know, here you go. Just let me know and I will deliver a sweet kick to your areas. Wow. Our, one of our best buddies from college, Jim Rayal, who's appeared on this show many times over the years as Jim Rayal, the master of Would You Rather. Oh, yeah, sure. Jim, Jim Rayal. Um, Jim Rayal, sure, yeah. Jim, when we were in college, went through this period where he got really into Jeet Kune Do. Sure. Bruce Lee. Lee's martial art. Yep. And Jim is, is the most genial and least objectionable human being on earth. Like just a man with a smile for everyone. Nothing but golden kindness in his heart. And I remember him just like sitting on the quad at our college, staring off into the middle distance. And I, I'd look at him and I'd say, Jim, what, what are you thinking about, buddy? And he'd say, oh, I just wish a motherfucker would, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just if one person would make me fight them, just if one person would jump me in an alley. Yeah. Then he just skips stones across a pond. And Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I feel that I I certainly went through that period. So yeah, so you know, usually when you talk to people who are who are into the arts, as you are, David, as we are, like mm-hmm. you know, the, the typical story is like, oh, you know, when I was in you know junior high or high school, I discovered you know plays or the you know the the choir at church or something like that, and that's what got me into performing. Were were you like also doing that early performing stuff while you were? karate kicking in yakuza bars or did the performance stuff come later yeah no i started when i was um i was nine years old we lived in el toro california and uh, every time we went to a new city my mother would join these uh, local theater troops and she saw an ad for a a kid's production of pinocchio and said i should audition for it so i did and I, i got a part and then um and then i was hooked and so i i would do high school high school plays, things like that. I produced and starred in high school plays. And then when I was 17, I worked, uh, this is stupid, but I worked as a model in Japan. And Mm -hmm. so I was doing so embarrassing. (laughs) It's embarrassing. It was, we all have skeletons in our closet, Dave. I didn't want to, but my extreme good looks, you know, uh, it was a road I was forced to go down. You You had no choice. (laughs) I had no choice. People were just coming after me all the time. So I actually did, uh, so I did like Japanese commercials when we lived there and, um, you know, I'm like magazine spreads and, and I also did this video game company came to our school. It was international school and needed four English speakers to do voices for video games for mid eighties, uh, arcade games. And so I was one of those guys. You are the titular golden ax. I, I 
am not sure how to respond to that. I, I, I don't know what your implication is, but I think you should meet me behind the school at, at noon. Oh, no. You're titular. Yeah. <laughs> so what were, do you remember the games? What were the arcade games? I, I don't. I'm sorry. It's an unsatisfying end. I don't remember what the... Actually, I don't think they ever told us what the games were. Wow. They just said, you know, be an army guy or be a space pilot or or whatever. So yeah, I think that that's I think like the story you hear about a lot of like early video games that tried to incorporate like acting is that you know it didn't they didn't have a director, so it was just people saying things into a microphone without any like context or you know knowledge about their character. So that's why up until you know. Not that long ago, video game voiceovers were the fucking weirdest, most wrong things in history. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm bummed that David, like we, I was looking at uh, at David's curriculum vitae uh, before he came on the show, and I'm pretty bummed that his like uh, that his major video game work started at the end of the '90s, uh, because I know that like when I was in arts high school in San Francisco. In the mid-90s, every one of my teachers who was an actor, uh, they worked in in two areas. One was on episodes of Nash Bridges, uh, which shot in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other was Mm -hmm. in full-motion video CD-ROM games. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like every CD-ROM, every every game company was putting out video games that had 10% game uh, 80% 12-second tiny uh, postage-stamp-sized f- full-motion video. And they were all just being shot by a video game in- guy in San Mateo uh, with some actors that he saw in a local production in San Francisco. And it was truly, truly a magical time. <laughs> no doubt. I actually did do video games in the uh, early and mid-90s. They just weren't big enough parts to merit my curriculum vitae. I, I was a pilot in Mech Warrior 2 and Whoa, cool. You know, did all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. Is is it are there like people who know you for different things? Like obviously like Solid Snake is huge for me, but are there people yeah. who don't know about Solid Snake but know about this other thing that you did? As far as I can dis- discern, nobody doesn't know about Solid Snake. That's true. Uh, Everyone does know about him. I, I've written I've written these giant movies and it is eclipsed by Snake. Um, it it dominates my entire life. Uh, but there are people that are fans of of some of the anime uh, things that I did. I, I played the lead in Castle of Cagliostro, which is Hayao Miyazaki's debut feature, and um, you know just stuff like that. So there's little things that that affect people, but but Snake is by far the 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 most overshadowing part I ever did. David, I I was checking out your Wikipedia page, and I was really struck by uh, the final section in in your career, which is... Oh, God, is it over? (laughs) Idolmaster Cinderella Girls General Election. Idolmaster Cinderella Girls general election yeah so a lot a lot of folks uh a lot of folks of course already know about this most folks i would say already know about this but for people who need a little background like star wars in (laughs) in late april 2019 non-japanese fans of the cinderella girls sub-series of bandai namco entertainment's idol master franchise started pairing the then unvoiced brazilian character natalia with solid snake solid snake of course being our guest david Hayter. 
That's right. <laughs> On 22 April 2019, Canadian YouTuber Mahado, a fan of the series, released a video in which Hader reprised his role as Solid Snake to urge players to vote for Natalia in the 2019 Cinderella Girls. Say it with me all together. General, general election. election. Yes, general election. With audio by Pepsi Johnny and Japanese subtitles by the Pascal Pama. Well, Pepsi Johnny, sure. <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, Natalia placed ninth in the overall preliminary <laughs> rankings and third in the Passion Idol rankings. Wow. I really had quite an impact there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was on she was on target for 12th overall and fifth in Passion Idol until you got involved. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not something I recall, but uh, I'm, I'm happy it went, went well for her. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Don't worry, neither do I. Yeah, fair enough. Jesse, have you been going in and making random changes to our guest's Wikipedia page? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> um, I have something that I would like to bring before the group, if that's okay. Please. Yeah, please, Jordan. So, so David, do you have kids that you're having to plan holiday stuff for at the moment? Uh, as far as I know, I have one kid. <laughs> um, and she is a 16 year old daughter. Uh, and yes, we are planning our Christmas, although we're, none of us are too sentimental about that sort of thing. So it's, it's, you know, just basically tree, some presents, I don't know, eggnog, nog, a little nog. Yeah. Shout out to nog. Yeah. We're this, we, we basically have a month of nog talk, uh, on the show wow. in, you know, on either side of Christmas. And it's fucking premium nog. It's not grocery store brand nog. It's the kind that comes in a glass bottle. Listen, I think any beverage made with eggs uh, deserves yeah. recognition. You know. Yeah, from nog to orange Julius. That's right. That's right. You learned that as a yakuza bartender. Those guys love a whiskey sour, right? Oh, with a little yeah, with a little uh, ah shit. There was a drink made with raw eggs, and I can't remember what it is now. Isn't it whiskey sour with raw eggs? Am I wrong about that? I could be wrong about you that. You are wrong about it. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's a version where you make it with that, but whiskey sour is basically just whiskey and sour. Oh, boy. All right. Jordan, you're thinking of a vodka and orange Julius? Oh, right. Yes. I'm thinking right. Yeah. Uh, it's called a mall bender. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you have one at the mall and just fucking go wild, tear up Spencer's gifts. Yeah. Jan Janet Varney was a, was a water bender. And there we go. Now we're talking. A, a mall bender. <laughs> <laughs> right, the one of the lesser characters from Avatar. Well, the one lesser powers certainly. Yeah, yeah there's a fire bending, uh, water bending, and of course mall bending. It's when uh... mall bending. You can make a forever twenty one yeah. at will. I can conjure a hot dog on a stick. <laughs> oh, do you know that? Dare to defy me? Well, now you face my <laughs> lids. <laughs> You know the hot dog on the stick uniform? Yes. You've all seen that? Famous. Iconic. It's like this Iconic. crazy. Yes. You know, so my favorite thing was was going up to people that worked at the hot dog on the stick and saying, excuse me, do you work here? <laughs> that is a solid <laughs> piece of like teen business. Uh, I, I thought so. They never appreciated it as much as I think I feel they should have. Ah, they're fools. Fools, David. <laughs> so here's, here's my Christmas question. <laughs> what... What are Santa's powers? That's a good question. <laughs> sure. That's an excellent. Question. I, a really good I question. saw a a news report that 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 basically fucked with everything I thought I knew about Santa and his powers. Right. 
but but I know that like I do know that like the Santa mythos is something that has been like added to and subtracted from you know over the years. I guess like oh the outfit's red because it was on a Coke ad, and wow. you know like Rudolph was added for a Montgomery yeah. Ward you know like promotion. And he had, yeah, he, he had originally been kind of young mm-hmm. and fit, and then. Um, I my memory of this is that Sears and Roebuck was marketing directly to bears. Is that correct? We need a daddy type. <laughs> we need a thick daddy specifically. Right. Well, I, I look. I think there's a few things you can intuit. Um, he obviously has anti-aging powers because he's been around forever. Right. He's got super speed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he can fit down a chimney, so he's got to be able to like turn to mist or some some sort of physical alteration like a plastic man or some i don't know how how it works um he can see into the minds and actions of every child in the world which i think is something we shouldn't take lightly right and uh yeah i i i I would say that 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 is the range of powers i would say first and foremost horsemanship right horsemanship deermanship um Yeah. yeah the 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 ability to build a billion toys maybe that's the elves i don't know Here's my question for you guys about this, about his power specifically and his powers of horsemanship. Mm-hmm. So we know that he connects the sleigh to the reindeer. Yes. But we don't know how or yeah. where. <laughs> so through something, with <laughs> something. Cat gut or I don't know. Rubber bands. Um, but he he makes, he's extraordinarily good with reindeer. Is that because he's just good at all... Like if it was not reindeer, if it was horses or kudu, okapi, you know, could he, could he, or right, or what if it was like goats? I think the fact that he makes them fly means that he does something magical to them, and maybe that alters their brain. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, the question is, does his magic spell only work on reindeers? Mm, interesting. Yeah, that yeah. is the question. But we don't, we don't have any evidence one way or the other. Seems like it would work on a kudu. Yeah, they're obviously a They're very malleable, and uh, yes, they're very uh, they're very open to magic. I've heard. Who among us has not mesmerized a kudu <laughs> or an ibex? Yeah, an ibex. Yeah, they're they're so close to uh, reindeer genetically. You'd think that they would fall for that that fairy dust. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, ibexes like they will they will lose so much money on three card monty. Is that right? God. Have <laughs> yes. you ever been in like? downtown la yes and there you know you're walking down the street you see a guy selling you know little aquariums with uh baby turtles in them you know you you walk a little further there's somebody break dancing with a with a hat out for money and then you you see one of those three card money guys he's set up on a uh set up on like a uh an ironing table you know, he's, he's ironing board is what they call it traditionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, do you live in an '80s breaking movie? <laughs> I've never. And then, completely surrounding this guy are just kudu tossing their money, tossing their money at him, wow. pulling out their purses, throwing big bills, $100 bills, because they think they can beat the three-card money man. Yeah, they can. It's a scam. Sad. Wow. Sad. Get your head out of your ass, you fucking kudos. The disappointment of the animal kingdom. Yeah. So here's here's what I heard yeah. about here's what I heard about Santa. Okay. So I was watching yeah. a, 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 a local news <laughs> report 
on yeah. how various, um, you know, how various like industries are adapting to the pandemic and like sure. what they're doing for the holidays. And I saw they, so they, as part of this package, they talked to a Santa a guy, I forget his name, but a guy who's been playing Santa like all his, you know, and he looks the part. He's like one of these guys who like preps all year to play Santa for, you know, a month. I think he's he's what we call an uh, an RBS, a real beard Santa. Uh, mm-hmm. I think oh. in that community they do differentiate between real beard Santas and fake beard Santas. RBS. Yeah, and he's is, also mm-hmm. what they call us. You mentioned he's a Santa prepper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he preps to be Santa and also right. for a future where the power grid shuts down and the government comes for your guns. I mean, I think the real question is not what are Santa's powers, but what's Santa's everyday carry? Mm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have an assault pen, a tactical pen? A more pressing issue, I think you've hit on there. Yeah. So, so, so this he's talking about, you know, how this year is different and... You know, like all the stuff he's doing this year that he didn't have to do, you know, last year. And and I think that they ask him about, like, what are some of his most cherished memories from playing Santa? And he said, oh, well, you know, whenever I encounter um, a family that has had a loss that year, um, I like to tell them, oh, on the way here, I stopped by heaven and I saw your relative and he says... Uh, he sends best wishes. So oh. <laughs> wh- how long has Santa been able to visit the afterlife for? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Santa is everywhere and nowhere. Yeah. And Santa's the only creature that can pass the event horizon of the black hole. That's and, right. And I guess is that my question immediately came up. C- if Santa can visit heaven, can Santa also visit hell? Yeah, of course. I think any supernatural realm is open to the guy. You can't, you can't shut him out. Yeah, I mean, no, nothing can contain Santa. Not even the barriers of dimensions. Who goes there? Who dares tread in the dark gates of fiery Hades? It's me, Santa. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, Satan. Oh, okay, come on in. Have some cocoa. It's always nice when you stop by. What, like, what if Santa brings something back with him? I'm concerned about that. Like, what if a a demon, you know, tags along on one of the reindeer? Like office supplies? No, I mean, I think like, a, like the like the like the flatliner. Yeah, exactly. I'm worried about a flatliner situation. <laughs> Thank you, David. Yeah, sure. Always with the hip references. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So uh, yeah, you, look, you can't you can't just visit the hoary host of the underworld and not expect to bring back. You know, thank some, you. Some sort of demonic, you know, hangers on. Mm, like a sucker fish, right? Oh, like, right. A, like a like a, a satanic remora. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I also was struck that this guy yeah. said, "I visited your relative in heaven, and and they say best wishes, like the most casual fucking like business <laughs> sign off." <I> know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, yeah. I visited. I well, little boy. I happen to have visited your uncle in heaven, and he says, "Best of luck, asshole." Good, good, good luck to you, kid. Yeah. He said, "I hope this email finds you well." <laughs> he says, "He said, hang loose for Christmas." 
<laughs> he says, later, skater. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Uh, yeah, that seems insensitive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is good advice. That's good um, advice, though. I think Santa's powers. Um, I think you're looking at incredible mm -hmm. pilot skills and horsemanship. That's first and foremost. Number two, certainly has the gift of eternal life, but I wouldn't say sure. anti-aging properties because the guy does not look that good. You know what I mean? Like if if you had anti-aging properties, would you be like, ah, to be 68 <laughs> and fair. rotund again? <laughs> so you're thinking, so you're th right. So you're thinking he has slow aging that that maybe he's like Aragorn, like he could be he could be 300, but he only looks seven. I think he's just has very limited. Like there's a hard line at 68 right. and with a red bloom on his cheeks, like an alcoholic's complexion. Sure. Yeah. The, the gym blossoms is what they call that. Is the best he can do. Yeah, I hear that. Like another, like the Easter bunny always looks three years old or whatever. But Santa oh. Claus, he got to 68 and the whole thing broke down. I hate to break this to you, but the Easter bunny is not real. Oh, David, you're blowing our minds. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean I would I didn't want to have to be put in the position to tell you, but that that's just nonsense. Sorry, this is so crazy. Um, no, this is so crazy, but like, um, it seemed for a second like you said the Easter Bunny isn't real, which is, of course, I mean, that's, that's laughable. Oh, no, um, no, no, you misheard me. I, what I said was the Easter Bunny is unreal. Yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Agreed. Yeah, like the oh. best. Oh, man, that guy lays so many fucking oh, eggs. That, that's the thing. Like a, like a platypus here. Wow, okay, good. I'm glad. I'm, pop, 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 you know, pop, pop, I know these pop, remote pop, pop, recordings pop, pop. are a little tough sometimes. Sometimes the sound drops out. So I think we thought for a second you said. No, no, no. Okay, no, good. Please, Thank you. Never. Ooh. Ever want to mislead now the Easter Bunny? What powers does he have? First of all, the power to be fucking <laughs> okay. Oh, that's right. That's, that's because he's a bunny. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. yeah. Fucking, but like, yeah. look, sure. That guy is getting sure. it, right. filling those right. baskets. Oh man! I mean, if you're a potential romantic interest for the Easter Bunny, like a different bunny, mm -hmm. what other bunny are you gonna turn down the Easter Bunny to go? Like, sorry, I got a date with the, the fucking battery rabbit. Yeah, battery rabbit. Who are the most famous rabbits? Uh, you know, be Bugs Bunny. He's, he's pretty famous. Bugs Bunny beats him. I got a. Yeah, Bugs what, what Bunny. About, hey, Bugs Bunny's pretty what about nasty. Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko, sure. Yeah, Donnie Darko from the well, the brown bunny from the movie <laughs> yeah, The Brown you, Bunny. <laughs> you went to college in the early all, 2000s. All of the great. <laughs> There are two bunnies. <laughs> All of the hottest. Oh, bunnies. what about that? What about the Jimmy Stewart alcoholic bunny? Harvey? Yeah. Oh, Harvey. So there's hey, yeah. I think that bunny fucks. Invisible, but uh but no less virile. There's a lot of bunnies out here fucking now that we Yeah, now that we've discussed this, I take it all back. They probably they're probably having a halcyon together right now. It's halcyon days for the famous seven foot tall bunnies of the world. Can we just, I wish you want to recap, maybe before yeah. we go to our next segment, just recap what we've learned so far. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, Ibexes are very easy to trick when it comes to games of chance. Kudus are. Yeah. Go ahead. Kudus. Excuse that was, that was me. Kudus. Kudu. I yeah. fucked it. Ibexes are, are, are susceptible to the same magic dust right yes yes thank you uh, i zone out sometimes during this mm -hmm. 
Um, I don't blame you. <laughs> we've also learned that Santa can visit hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just that he can, that he does. He does, frequently. And he brings back sucker fish. Obviously. And there's a lot of fuckable rabbits out there. <laughs> yeah. That's a full segment. Roger, Roger Rabbit. We didn't even we didn't even mention Roger Rabbit. God damn. He can lay some pipe. Yeah, speaking of guys. I don't know. That guy's that's... kind of a beta cuck. <laughs> Have you seen his wife? Yeah, come on, man. Yowza, she made my head turn into a wolf head. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Every Jordan Jesse Go, of course, brought to you by the members of MaximumFun.org. You can become one at MaximumFun.org slash join. We're also this week brought to you by our friends at Fortunato Chocolate. Now, Jordan, can I tell you something about Fortunato Chocolate? I would love to hear about Fortunato Chocolate. I... Of course, I'm a podcast big shot. You know that. Mm-hmm. The folks at Fortunato Chocolate know that. Sure. I get free chocolate from, from these Fortunato people. And you know I like to take a little, a dangerous little nibble from time to time. Yeah. But you know what I just did? Hmm. I went to podcastchocolate.com slash JJGo. And I used my own hard-earned money to buy my brothers, John and Brendan, and my stepmother, Bernie... Some Fortunato chocolate. You know why? Because it's great chocolate. Because it's fucking super good. Yeah, it's it awesome. It is so fucking good. I bought it with my own money. No discount. No nothing. I bought four pounds of chocolate or 4.4 pounds of chocolate because they come in 1.1 pound bars. I bought the the 36% the milk chocolate, the medium, which is 47%, and the 68% dark chocolate. I bought a pound of each of those. Plus, I got them a pound of nibs. Ah, uh, they're gonna love those nibs. I love those nibs. I gotta be honest. I'll I'll go in there. I'll go into the treat closet and sneak a nib or two from time to time. You know, you should. Uh, what I've been doing is throwing those nibs in a little Greek yogurt. Mm, God, yeah, it's nice. decadent, 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 sinful even. Uh, I'm I'm with you, Jesse. I am also uh, gifting Fortunato chocolate this year for the holidays. I think it's gonna go over real well because, uh, as as you mentioned, the chocolate is. Uh, pretty freaking terrific. Um, since 2008, Fortunato Number no. Four Chocolate has been prized by top chocolatiers and pastry chefs in Michelin-starred restaurants. I want Jordan. I want to be clear here. Mm. No part of our copy says pretend that you bought this chocolate for your relatives for Christmas. It doesn't. This is a thing I have actually done with sure. my own yes. money. This is a thing Jordan actually did with his own money. We are fully bought into this chocolate because it is super fucking good. Yeah, it, it's awesome. And and the people at Fortunato Chocolate, they uh, they are honest to gosh, Jordan, Jesse, Go fans. Uh, we each got very nice notes uh, from them uh, uh, telling us how much they like the show. So if you, if you want to support like some cool podcast fans who are doing a really cool thing, uh, Fortunato is the way to go, and uh, it's organically grown uh, in the jungles of northern Peru, and uh, it's a family company, and they have direct relationships with over 400 farmers and a socially conscious business model that helps farm families earn more. Uh, so they're cool folks. They have a cool company, and, uh, and you don't have to worry um, about it making the world a bad place. 
And it's one of these things where, you know, this company is, you know, a decade plus old. Uh, but for almost all of that history, they were selling exclusively to fancy restaurants, right? It was like a, it was a supplier to a place where you're, you know, you're one of these ratatouille chefs, mm-hmm. and your needs is fancy fucking chocolate, right? So you call the jungles of Peru, mm-hmm. get Paddington Bear on the line, right? And uh, you know he sends you this Fortunato number four. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you got a rat on your head now. Exactly. Now the world has changed. And they're branching out a little bit. They'll send you a 1.1 pounder, even if you're not one of these ratatouille guys. Yeah. You don't have to have a rat on your head to go to podcastchocolate.com slash JJGo. No, you can. Hell, they're not going to stop you. Sure. There's not a check at the door. Do you have a rat on your head or not? So if you got a rat on your head, don't worry about it. Go ahead and go to podcastchocolate.com slash JJGo. But if you're not one of these ratatouille type guys, don't sweat it that way either. And in fact, if you got a different animal on your head, go ahead and let them know in the memo box when you make your purchase. And you know, it doesn't. It's not just rat head chefs. If you're um, kind of a sad little robot, if you're a, uh, mm-hmm. a boy right. who's visiting the land of the dead to say goodbye to his <laughs> yeah. grandma, if you're yeah, sure, a, a, a toy cowboy who's worried he's becoming obsolete. Hell. If you're in the movie Ants with a Z at the sure. end, go ahead and go to podcastchocolate.com slash JJGo. We don't give a shit. Shrek, donkey, I don't care. Go to podcastchocolate.com slash JJGo. Antonio Banderas, go to podcastchocolate.com slash JJGo. You know what? Brave little toaster. Yeah. Hit up podcastchocolate.com slash JJGo. We see you, brave toasty. <laughs> um, I'm trying to... Th- What's that thing? Uh, oh, water ship down. If you're those sad <laughs> rabbits. From you're a fucking down. heart-rending rabbit. Yeah. Go to podcastchocolate.com slash JJGo. <laughs> fucking Steamboat Willie hit up podcastchocolate.com slash JJGo. That Steamboat is fucked, man. Get off of that. Get into some of this tasty-ass <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> Get off that nightmare Steamboat where everything's an instrument. It's a fucking... Some fucked up shit, man. It's a bad trip, dude. Get out of that fucking whale. Thank you. you. Go to podcastchocolate.com slash JJGo. Get out of there. Do not get eaten by a whale. Podcastchocolate.com slash JJGo. This is very classy chocolate, this chocolate. Let's get back to the show. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm their special guest, David Hater, uh, the podcast cocktail hour virgin. Mm. Oh. Does that mean you've never done a podcast cocktail hour? Uh, that's correct. Uh, I've never I've never done a podcast uh, getting steadily drunk uh, before. Are you doing that now? I certainly am. I'm drinking a, hey, drinking okay. a Sapporo, my high school beer. Awesome. We're over here drinking Walton Noggins. <laughs> Walton Noggins, a, a 
a, a prime. Yeah. I didn't even know he had a, a nog business. He he has a liquor business. Great actor, <laughs> entrepreneur, amazing. It is a it is a running joke about as dense as that Fauci thing we did at the top. But yes, wow. Walton Goggins has a liquor brand, and we are trying to, <laughs> over the course of the holiday season, find a per, the perfect recipe for Walton Noggins. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed somebody posted on, on our Reddit, maximumfun.reddit.com, a possible uh a possible recipe for Walton Noggins. And it was if this is from memory, but it was um it was vodka, uh sparkling water, club soda, lime, and eggnog. Good. And you pour it was like two ounces of soda, one ounce of vodka. Uh, a squeeze of lime, and you pour the eggnog down the toilet. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm against that one, though, because I love nog. I'm a nog lover. No, you got to It's not really noggin. Do you guys doctor your nog? I added some cardamom to my nog the other hey, day. It went great. That's nice. Wow. You know what's good in there is a little of that pumpkin pie spice. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I think we can agree grocery nog does need a little kick in the you pants. you got to kick those pants. Like a little spiced rum in that. Classic situation. David, are you a nog guy? Do you do seasonal drinks? You know, I always miss the nog each year, and then I have a glass, and I'm like, boy, that was enough. <laughs> so, yeah, every year I do one, pretty much, literally one glass of nog, because I'm like, oh, I miss, it's like, it's like smoked oysters, where I'm like, oh, that's so good, and then I have three, and I'm like, ah, I'm good for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a fair thing. I mean, I'll drink it until I'm sick, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but were I a more reasonable man, I think that is exactly how I would handle the Nog situation. Yeah, one and done. I think it's hard to miss Nog these days, though, uh, because it's getting in stores earlier and earlier every year. Sometimes I'm like, guys, it's barely the 4th of July and it's already Nog season? Give me a break. Yeah, come much. on. You're going to saturate your market. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'll start listening to that Mariah Carey Christmas song in March, though. Sure. Yeah. Everybody loves it. It's great. Okay, when something momentous happens to you, like it's March, and you hear that Mariah Carey Christmas song, uh, we ask you to give us a call at 206-9844-FUN or send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org for our segment, Momentous Occasions, as this person has done. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. Uh, I'm sitting here in the parking garage for a Kaiser. Uh, oh, this is uh, Ian up in Portland. And I am taking my fiance. She's got her first appointment here. And uh, a gentleman uh, who I didn't notice comes up to my car and just uh, decides to have a, have a seat in my car. So I'm sitting here waiting for her, listening to the show. And here's this gentleman who just comes in and sits down, and I look at him, and he looks at me and goes, ah, shit, sorry, bud, wrong car, and then just gets up and gets out. Uh, love the show. Thanks, guys. Wow. Oh, that's a magical moment when somebody gets in your car. It's just a special... I mean, Jordan, Jesse, Go listeners have heard about the time I was uh, driving down... Ooh, I'm going to say Geneva Avenue in San Francisco, uh, stopped at a stop sign and somebody got into my car uh, and then just rode with me all the way to the next BART station, then got out and said thanks. <laughs> um, 
And I was too terrified and stunned the entire time to do anything about it. But it's just a beautiful moment of community. It's like reaching out, and especially in these times when we all want to be closer to uh, our neighbors that we don't know, just have that physical connection right. with them. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like you and your caller are lucky to be alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're all lucky to be alive. Oh, aren't we, though? Aren't we? Yeah. Aren't we, though? Every day is Aren't a joy. We, though? I've mentioned this a couple of times, but as a as a Prius driver, um, brag, brag, brag. As a Prius driver, um, a lot of times, if in the in the evening, if you're driving at night and you stop at a stop sign, a a drunk will periodically yank on your door because they think you're their lift. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I've had that happen uh, about three times. And they always look shocked. I do feel like I do feel obligated to like, oh, maybe I should pretend and just like drive this person around. But um, it's probably not a good idea. I mean, I've been in your car. Maybe they just noticed that you keep those tiny waters in the back. <laughs> That's right. I'm always uh, always offering gum to everyone. Everybody gets offered Rolos. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great. I would love to get in the lift and get a Rolo offer. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Or like a Twix. What about a full size Twix? Twix? Oof. That would be great. Yeah. Except. Okay, except I think I've spotted a flaw in your plan. It's your car, and random people are going to be eating chocolate in the back seat. Yeah. Like, that, that is not... If it was my car, that would not happen. <laughs> yeah, well, you just hose it down in between. You, you get you, a... You gotta get a driving hose. some sort of plastic... Yeah. Dune buggy or something you could just hold out your car. Yeah. I'm driving I'm driving the new Prius plastic dune buggy. <laughs> Man, I uh I looked at I looked at a house the other day. Um and it was it was a pretty rundown house uh, uh, because you know this is this is Los Angeles and these are the kinds of houses that we can look at. It was a pretty rough house, and uh, I went out the back door and just saw there was a fucking dune buggy parked in the back, and I was like, "Oh no, I want to buy this house so bad! Oh, can I get the dune buggy with two and a half flat tires, please?" Wow. Sold, <laughs> sold. Does it come with the buggy? <laughs> that's what we call a uh, Jesse. That's actually a breakfast nook. It's a great space for creatives. <laughs> to WFH. Yeah, you could uh, you could probably Airbnb that dune buggy out. I'd love to Airbnb. If you know, there's, there's all these articles on clickbait articles about tree houses you can buy on. You can rent on Airbnb. I'd love to rent one fucking buggy. <laughs> Just one. That's all you need. Just one fucking buggy. Um, let's take another call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and uh, Steve Agee, I hope, or whoever else. Uh, this is Sergeant Epoch calling in from uh, Central New Jersey College Town. I've had a little bit of a, you know, overseen, I guess this would be, but uh, I just saw about seven or eight bros uh, run up to a Honda Civic that pulled over outside of a restaurant to pick them up. And without questioning anything or making any comments about it, uh, the five of them got into uh, the driver's seat, passenger seat, and rear seats, and then two of them jumped in the trunk together. Uh, they closed the trunk and sped off as if this was just something that they normally do. And it was exciting, to say the least, but shame on them for not having any masks on. All right. I mean, shame on them for not having any masks on, but good on them for having those enormous red shoes. Right. Is this some sort of bro clown? I think that's what we're... I think that's what we just heard a description of, unless self-kidnapping is a thing now. (laughs) 
I don't know what <laughs> Zoomers are into, Jordan. Right. It's like a, it's it's the next step up from escape room. Yes. <laughs> this guy's just renting out his Honda Civic as an escape room. Yeah. Yeah. I'll kidnap you for a hundred bucks, and if you don't get out within an hour, you'd lose. We'll drive around a, a we'll drive over a bumpy bridge, and it'll be kind of scary. Right. Yeah. Until we until we find an abandoned refrigerator for you to crawl in. Right. <laughs> All sorts of fun. Drop you down a well. This is a Christmas show. I do like the idea that maybe there is a like a you know I mean I guess I heard New Jersey, so I kind of I mean I'm I'm envisioning a kind of a Jersey Shore type bro. Like, if you could just get those guys to go to a kid's birthday party. Yeah. But this is central New Jersey. This is a garden state. This is probably fucking... These bros probably go to Princeton. These are like lacrosse bros. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. I think these are like fucking popped collar polo shirt, boat shoe dudes. Well, those can be fun at a kid's birthday party, too, you know? (laughs) That's true. They can uh, tell kids about internships their dads got them. (laughs) Yeah. Challenge you to a ski off on the K twelve. Yes, right. <laughs> Show that John Cusack what for? That fucking nerd John Cusack. <laughs> right. They're always ready when the kids start chanting shots, shots, shots. <laughs> oh yeah, they can uh, teach kids about the shot ski. Yeah, the uh, that's really sweet ski that has a bunch of shot glasses on it that you all have to do at once. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Kids got to learn about the shot ski sometime. You could put fucking apple juice in there, but plus. If if you're having a kid's birthday party, you're going to need somebody there to lead them all in water polo, because otherwise they won't know that the main thing that happens in water polo is the different guys grab each other's nuts. <laughs> yeah, you don't want kids. I feel, you don't want kids learning about. I I feel like maybe that was not a water polo team you were on. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's what happens in water polo. Okay. That's what makes water polo so amazing. Is you can't see what's happening under the water, and it turns True. out they're all fucking grabbing each other's nuts the whole time. I had no idea. In the fucking Olympics, they're grabbing each other's nuts. This is a real thing about water polo. Jesus, I feel like a real kudu. It's I know <laughs> the, easy, the easily tricked kudu. <laughs> Yeah, easily, easily taken in. Yeah. Misled about water polo. You know who's going to be the first to get the vaccine is the water polo players because they're ready for it. <laughs> sure. Because they've had their nuts sure. cupped, as Dr. Fauci yep. mentioned in the opening segment. That, as we also mentioned, you got it. was part of a complicated running joke. Yeah, even in which we describe as a joke because we have a broad definition of the word joke. <laughs> sure. <laughs> As we do with the word halcyon. (laughs) And show. (laughs) Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. This is Mirror Universe Adam Pranica here to tell you not to listen to The Greatest Discovery on MaximumFun.org. This is Mirror Universe Ben Harrison uncharacteristically agreeing with you despite the fact that you are my enemy. The one thing that you must never do is enjoy our bit of off-season Star Trek Discovery programming where we talk about the first season of Star Trek Discovery while at the same time unpacking news and information about the upcoming season two. So do not tune in and download The Greatest Discovery on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And rate it one star on Apple Podcasts. Hey, J. 
Hey, Keith. Hey, Helen. Hey, you've got another true-false quiz for me? Yep. Our trivia podcast, Go Fact Yourself, used to be in front of a live audience. True. Turns out that's not so safe anymore. Correct. Next. Unfortunately, this means we can no longer record the show. False. The show still comes out every first and third Friday of the month. Correct. Finally, we still have great celebrity guests answering trivia about things they love on every episode of Go Fact Yourself. Definitely true. And for bonus points, name some of them. Recently, we've had uh, Ophira Eisenberg, plus tons of surprise experts like Yardley Smith and Suzanne Summers. Perfect score. Woo-hoo. You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month with all the great guests and trivia that we've always had. And if you don't listen, well, then you can go fact yourself. That's the name of our podcast. Correct. Woo-hoo. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm David Hayter, the world's only Jedi solid snake. Oh, man. Cool. You've got my, yeah, you've got my fan nice. fiction. Thank you, David. <laughs> I've covered, covered it all. <laughs> all of my fan fiction is about Idol Master Cinderella Girls, but mm-hmm. I think I understood the reference. I have a connection to that that I think you'd find interesting. Please. <laughs> Man, did you, Jordan, did you know that David uh, is in uh, 1998's Giant Robo, the animation? I didn't. Boy. Nor, nor did I. <laughs> uh, he's also, the next year, you probably know him because of his work, the next year in Mobile Suit Gundam 0080, colon, War in the Pocket. Okay, War in the Pocket. I did know, and that's actually a really good Gundam. And I play Bernie Wiseman, and I, I think I'm the only Jewish, you know, Gundam pilot. <laughs> and uh, it's a really, it's a really sad story, and and quite a lovely uh, story about war in the pocket. You and Sandy Koufax was famously famous gu- Gundam. You took a few years away from the Dodgers to yes pilot a Gundam. To pilot a Gundam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um. David, thank you so much for for being on the show. I think like we we definitely when we kind of jokingly proposed the idea of getting you on, like people people were so excited, and it's like it's great that you oh, took the time to do this. It's really awesome. Thank you, gentlemen. I, I was not familiar with the show, and and you know now I am. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to rub it in. You don't have to make a whole thing out of it. <laughs> no, I really thank you for having me. This was a really fun uh, conversation. It did not go the way i expected and i really appreciate you having me on we mentioned by the way that uh we mentioned by the way that uh david is one of the uh creators behind or one of the creative forces behind a brand new television show called warrior nun but we did not discuss warrior nun is there something that you can offer to people for whom simply the phrase warrior nun is insufficient. <laughs> I don't know who these people would be. <laughs> I don't know who they'd be. I, actually, you know, we had a, we apparently had a massive uh, debut. We've been nominated for some analytics award because we had the one of the top five television debuts of the entire year. Holy cow. Oh, the analytics award, the analyticies. It's, it's, it's actually the parrot analytics <laughs> awards. Wow. <laughs> Known colloquially as the Countums, as the as the Perrys, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, Warrior Nun is just a show that I'm I'm a producer on and and a writer. Uh, we got it's really really fun. If you haven't seen it, it's about nuns who are warriors, and um, it kicks ass. Our cast is amazing, and we are 
going to be shooting the second season pretty soon. So, um, you know, if you haven't seen the first season, please check it out because we're really, uh, all kidding aside, very, very proud of that show. Yeah, I've uh, uh, I started it and it uh, it fucking rules. Big uh, oh, thanks, man. Big bu- big Buffy energy coming off this thing, but uh, sure. a little darker. It's uh, it's it's a treat. I think uh, I think people should check it out. Oh, thanks, man. And um, I didn't want to listen. You could. I'm I'm going to ask you something. You can. Yeah, please. You can tell me to fuck off if you want to. It's you're well. You're well within your rights to tell me to fuck off. But, of course. Uh, what what would what would Solid Snake say about being on Jordan Jesse Go? <laughs> You can tell me to fuck off. You can tell me to fuck. It's fine. He'd say. It's okay. David, it's okay if you want to tell him to fuck off. I would never tell you to fuck off. I would would say being on the Jordan and Jesse show is even better than surviving the Fox Die virus. Whoa. (laughs) Man. You're telling me about that virus. Right? Oh, man. Okay, the podcast is over. That was the last episode. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> we've we've done all we can do. We've reached our zenith. All right, David. Uh, now you can tell me to fuck off. Okay. <laughs> you can tell me to fuck off. Okay. But were he to discuss Jordan Jesse Go, uh-huh. what would the titular character Seaman from the Dreamcast video game Seaman, in which you raise a fish with a human face that you talk to through a microphone on the Dreamcast controller, have to say about appearing on Jordan Jesse Go? I don't think he was the voice of. Uh, he'd probably say, Well, this is even more fun than being in my fishbowl. Yeah. Yes. He nailed it. He nailed this it. Just he fish fucking fucking nailed say. it. <laughs> Is that what Seaman sounds like? <laughs> That's sure. exactly what Seaman sounds like. That was my that was my Seaman audition. In case very good, you got the part. Oh. You got the part in the Seaman. Oh, That's why this guy books. That's why I book, Bucks. man. This guy gets roles. It works. <laughs> well, David, it's been a joy to have you on the program. The it's, joy was it's mine. Always an incredible honor to talk to anyone. Uh, from the Seaman universe. Of course. And it was a joy to hear about your karate excitement. I know, right? And uh, as Seaman would say, blub, blub, guys. Catchphrase, oh. <laughs> blub, blub. <laughs> blub, blub, that's what he says. Blub, blub. <laughs> oh, I love this fucking man. Seaman, <laughs> that is. Of course. Blub, blub. Okay, well. That's it for this week's Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go, of course, is produced by our friend Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. You can find us on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com. You can find us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Jordan underscore Morris. And with the hashtag JJGo, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, or in the Maximum Fun Facebook group. Our theme music is Love You by The Free Design. Thanks to our friends in The Free Design and at their label, Light in the Attic Records, wonderful record label, wonderful band. Our thanks to them. And we will talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.